Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kingdom authority. Hey, power in your territory. Use your gifts and you will see. Kingdom authority. Kingdom authority. Power in your territory. Use your gifts Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Blog Talk Radio through Kingdom Apartment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your host and guest at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Moore. Good evening. So excited to be here on tonight. I'm also live on Facebook, and I am excited about tonight's broadcast. Tonight's broadcast, we're talking about the fate of the black family. It is the last day of Black History Month, and we want to go out and talk about the black family. It is so critical for us to be able to come together and discuss some things of how we impact the kingdom of God and what this looks like over the next few um, the next few months, I would say, in 2018 and going forward. I'm telling you, we have an impact. We can operate in our giftings under the glory of God, in the glory of the Lord, and impact the world. I want you to join me. We're going to pray just real briefly. And I'm excited. Thank you all just for joining us tonight. We have two wonderful guests. Both of them are brothers. And let me tell you, they far out see what I can do on this broadcast. And so I'm excited to have these young men, I call them young men, these young men on tonight as they talk about the fate of the black family. It's not talked about a lot in some of our communities and definitely not in the some of the churches in this region, but we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, let me just pray just briefly. Father God, we thank you. We honor you and bless you. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity and the, um, the, the, the channels in order to be able to talk about this particular topic, Father. We thank you, oh Lord, that we are a blessed people. We thank you, O oh God, that we are chosen people. We thank you that we are peculiar people, and we thank you, O oh God, that we have your your leadership, your guidance, you are our God. We thank you, O oh God, for who you are in our lives. We acknowledge you as Adonai. You are majestic. We acknowledge you as Elohim. 
and we acknowledge you, O oh God, as our Savior, our King. Thank you for being all glory and honor, which is due to you, God. We thank you, O oh God, that you are our strength. You are our redeemer. Saved us, Father. You captured us, Father. Yet you freed us at the same time. And we thank you, O oh God, that we serve a great God, the only wise God, the, who has the infallible word. Thank you for your word. And as we come tonight, God, we lift up the families, God. The families are associated with who we're going to be talking about, Father. And we honor you, Father. It's not just about us as individuals, but we have to do this thing together. And so, God, we thank you for this broadcast. I ask you to bless each and every speaker, every every listener, in the name of Jesus. We glorify you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, we're talking about the fate of the black family. Thank you all for joining us on Facebook. I'm so excited about you all joining us tonight. And I love you, too. Um, uh, evangelist Carlene, thank you very much. Um, Dr. Willie Coleman Sr., so good to see you. I'm excited about each and every one of you on tonight, and I pray that you join us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Authority broadcast each Sunday night at 6 o'clock p.m. Next, next month, I believe it is, we're going to Daylight Savings. Oh, my goodness. Already. Daylight Savings, and we'll be back on at 5 o'clock p.m., this is a wonderful opportunity. Thank you for those who are joining all the way in West Ghana. I appreciate you all. You're such a blessing. Um, Bishop Imprim, thank you so much. I see all of you on, my cousins, my friends. It's a great blessing. Tonight we have two special guests on, and we want to make sure they have an opportunity to talk. So I'm not going to talk a lot tonight, but I will do this. I will say this. There are some things that we have to address when it comes to the black family in the kingdom of God and what we need to do. So as I get ready to introduce my first um, guest, Elder Colin Lewis, I want to say this. The, the Billy Graham who recently passed this week, um, such a great man of God, and I will tell you, he may have this quote. He says, I have never known a man who received Christ and ever regretted it. I have never known a man who received Christ and ever regretted it. It is high time for us to make sure that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ in this season of our lives, in this time, in this period. The world needs to know Jesus, don't they? They really need to know Jesus. And Elder Elder Colin's going to start off and talk about that. If you have not joined in, you want to dial in 646-668-2413. Once again, 646-668-2413. You can go on Blog Talk Radio. I will post it in the Facebook Live, um, and then I'm going to be closing out very soon. So make sure to join in there. God bless you all. And I'm just going to bring on Elder Colin at this time. Elder Colin, you there? Ma'am. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank, Such a thank privilege you for to having have me. You. Absolutely. I thank you for being here again with us. You were with us and we talked about the um the 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 black men in the church last year, was it? Yes, ma'am. And so we're gonna continue yes, and I want you to know, um, kinda of talk to us about what you do. Um, Elder Colin, and your profession as well. I know you're retired military, but talk about what you're doing right now. Yes, yeah, so right now I have the pleasure of leading a uh, local affiliate of the National Urban League. 
Um, like most uh, historical civil rights organizations, the Urban League is kind of on that seesaw where you have a older generation that understands and and loves what we do in regards to helping people get jobs, helping people with financial literacy so that they can manage their money better. Um, just being there, being a voice for those who sometimes feel like they don't have a voice. And so on a yeah. daily basis, I'm afforded the opportunity to work with a lot of our people that are in low income situations, but I also work with some that are in extremely high uh, income situations, but money just seems to be um, a problem because we have never really learned how to manage it, how to take care of it, how to use it for its purpose, which is to work for us, not for us to work for it. So I have that pleasure every day of trying to rise a people out of poverty, out of debt, out of hopelessness. And so, yeah, I, I just I thank God That's for this awesome. opportunity to do that as well. That's awesome because I'll tell you, we need people. You know what's so critical about this and your position um, and working with the Urban League in your area, that we don't realize the value of our profession when it comes to the kingdom of God and how we can evangelize. And so I, I don't want to jump too much in what you're going to say, but how, what would you say to those who say, I want to just go into full-time ministry? and I want to be able to reach people, and they have a professional, and I'm not going to say um, they have a job somewhere where they can reach people. Let's talk about someone at the fast food restaurant even. So what I do uh, on a daily basis is I try to look at my job as a ministry. Uh, We have about 15, 20, sometimes 30 people who come in our office every day. And while I may not be able to say to them in a very – concrete way, Jesus loves, Jesus can save, you need Jesus, what I can do is I can walk it out where they can see it so that when everyone else is going crazy, because just here locally, we just had some school shootings and we've had suicides and we've had everything that you see going around the nation, we've had it here in this small community. And when everyone else is going crazy and running around and they don't know what to do, I'm standing in the middle of the storm saying, let's get together and pray. Because too often we try to fight things in the natural that can only be fought in the spirit. And until we learn that, uh, I think we're going to continue to have problems. And so for me, I try to evangelize through uh, giving the word without saying that John 3.16 says. And that's not an easy skill for some, but if you can learn to do that, you can win people because – most things are caught rather than taught. So I can sit with you all day and teach you the Bible, but when I walk away from the chair, if my life does not resemble what I just taught you, that's not what you're going to pay attention to. And so for many of us, I would say Mm. that if you have a job, start there on your job. Start with your customers. Um, There's a uh, scripture that I always love to use, and it's in Matthew 5 starting in verse 13, and it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? And so I always ask myself that. Am I still being able to season or have I lost it? Because if I lose my flavor because of the ills of the world and I'm down and out and depressed, that's what people will see. You've been telling me about this great big God that you got, but now you don't have no hope. 
now you've sat and down, and I'm not suggesting that just because I have the Lord in my life that there's not times and seasons that, that I get down. But what I always try to remind myself is there's always somebody watching because I want to yeah. see how serious you are. And we always got to remember that each one of us who claims to have faith, it's going to be put on trial at some point. So, my goodness. Um, so the biggest thing that I can say, go ahead, I'm sorry. You made a statement, I'm so sorry, you made a statement just now that caught me and it had to do with catching. You said, <laughs> and most things are caught better than taught? Yes, ma'am. Take a two-year-old child and do the ABC song all day. But if you slip up and say a, a word that you should not say, that word is My caught goodness. and it's ingrained. And they will say it all around. They'll wait for your mom to get there and they'll say it and other company will come around and they'll begin to say it. And it's like, well, where did they learn that from? You said it one time out of anger or whatever the case may be, and now that child has caught that. Mm. And it's no different even as teenagers. See, a lot of us will profess that we, you know, we're in church and we love the Lord, but we're at home treating our children a different way than what the Lord would have of us. And I'm not saying that we should be at home and let our children run the house, but whatever we do, we got to remember to do it in love whether that's in your that's workplace, right. whether that's in your house. Right. Um, because I tell people, if you really want to go in full-time ministry, start at home, especially if you that's have right. children. Start at home, <laughs> you know, because too often we see those that are really deep in church and their children are often the ones that the enemy comes to get. Wow. Wow. So – Go. I want you to just go ahead and, and talk a little bit about what the Lord has given you regarding evangelism and how it relates to the black family and what we can do. Or some people prefer African-American, we'll say that. So African-American okay. family. Okay. Okay, so Jesus says that if the salt loses its flavor, it loses its kindness. Because I know um, – let me go back up here and make sure – because I want to make sure I give out scriptures – and I don't want to just assume that everyone knows it. But when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is goodness and gentleness, which can also be defined as kindness. And if you do a really a good word search and the understanding of the words salt and light, they are comparable to goodness and kindness. And so when Jesus says that if it loses its flavor, let me make sure I got this scripture right, because, again, it says, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the feet of men. You mm. are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And I'll just say this. From the beginning, all the way back when they wanted a king, we as the black community, has always undermined our own greatness. It's as if wow. we're afraid to walk out front to say, yes, I'm a child of God, and because of that, then I have this glory that's within me that I'm not going to hide anymore. Nothing hurts me more when I'm dealing with young kids and you know that they know the answer, but because other kids are around, they try to pretend like, well, I don't know. And it's like, I know that, you know, that just does not end while we're in elementary, middle, or even high school. 
that follows us our whole life. You talk to somebody, hey, bro, you know how to play the drums? I mean, I do a little something. No, have the boldness to say, yes, God has gifted me, and I can play them drums. It's like you with your voice, Dancia. There's no one that should ever be able to get that voice to be quiet because God gave it to you for the purpose of edifying the world. And so let me get to this, Dancia. We we actually – we have to stop hiding behind the greatness of who we are. And so one of the things that I was going to say is when Jesus says if the salt loses its savor, it loses its kindness, then it's good for nothing. It's not useful to be thrown out and trampled at the feet of men. Unkindness makes the gospel unattractive. Mm. So we see people that you come into the church, you go to sit at at a seat, because, see, we think of evangelism as just going door to door, and there's other religions that do that. But I'm saying take it into the marketplace. Do it at your job. You know, it's amazing, and I'll give this example. Um, I grew up in a house where chewing loudly was not acceptable. So it became a norm that I expected everyone to chew that way. But when I got mm-hmm. out in the world, people were like, well, I wasn't raised like that. And so it was amazing to me how I would say nothing at work, but I would come home and tell my kids, you need to stop doing that. Did you see, you see the hypocrisy? Yeah. It yeah, bothered me yeah. all day at the job, but I said nothing. But I come home, and now it has to be this way. And that's what the Bible was saying, that if you have unkindness, it makes it unattractive, and it gives unbelievers the opportunity or the excuse to reject or to mock the gospel. That's what we have to keep in mind. I'm not saying you can't have a bad day, but when you're having a bad day, just stay home. Stay to yourself. Don't let someone see you get out of character because once you get out of character, now I can say, see, that's why I don't go to church. See, that's why I don't believe wow. in that Jesus thing. And so we as a black community, because of all the poverty and everything else that's been laid at our feet, the violence, the uh, all the isms from racism to discrimination to all of that, we've allowed those things to outweigh the greatness and the gospel that we've been taught. So many of us don't even teach our children. So we have a whole generation that just rejected God. And I'm not sure if we're all paying attention, but the Lord's spirit is being poured out on some very young children, four and five that are preaching and, and singing gospel songs at two and, He's pouring out his spirit because there was a generation who said, I don't want that. And when I really began to look at why wouldn't you want to know Jesus, as you quoted, no one that I know who has ever accepted him has regretted it. But they're not accepting him because we're not projecting him to be who he really is. Oh, my. So when you I mean, say even just through the denominations. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just saying, even when you look at, like, my small community, we have about four or five different denominations. And even within those denominations, they still don't get along. And so we're supposed to be one body fitly joined with him at the head as the king. But what I'm noticing is we have a lot of different heads which are now trying to be with their own one body, and we got too many people trying to lead the body in different directions, and we're not letting Jesus lead it. So when you're the outsider and you look around and you see they don't even get along and they all profess to love him, how is that possible? Oh, 
think we have to get that part together. Because if we can't come together collectively, uh, like I said, you can look at other uh, religions, and whether we agree with them or not, one thing that they're good at is getting their message out. The reason why so many young men who go to prison that we deal with and we, they come home and grandma is now shaken to the core because he no longer believes in Jesus, he now believes in, in uh, the Islam faith, it's because they're in the prisons. They're actually in the prisons teaching what they believe, and we're too afraid to go. See, we're comfortable My now. Goodness. We're comfortable now. I, I don't have to go down there. Now, when my child goes, I want somebody to go, but I'm not going to go. And we have to get out of this me, mine, and, and, and that type mentality does not work in the kingdom. No. Mm-mm. No. And I tell people, you know, as we are in Black History Month, if Dr. King was living today, unfortunately, he could not get done what he got done in the 60s because there's not a collective mindset within the black community. Don't you think this was the same um, type of mentality before? Because when you think about it, there was Dr. King, and there was also, before his conversion, um, there was also Malcolm X. I I see what you're saying, but but my point is this. Just about every person that was within the black or the African-American community all felt the same struggle. It didn't matter that you lived in Chicago and I'm from Mississippi. We still fighting this <laughs> yeah. same battle. We yes. fighting this same battle. I might not be able to go sit at the lunch counter, but there's things you can't do also. And so we all were able to rally around. And, and even though it may have seemed on the surface as if they were saying two different things, they both were speaking for the same thing. We have to get better as a people, protect our own communities, um, and so when you look at it from that standpoint, what happened from then till now? Some of us mm-hmm. got a few dollars, and so we moved out into some affluent areas. We're not dealing with them anymore because I did everything I could to get away from there. So we have relatives who have, let's say, cousins who they don't even understand each other because I'm in poverty all day and you living out in the hills. And we allow those type of things to separate us. And as long as we can be separated, we'll never be able to fight the true enemy. My goodness. My goodness. Can I ask Because the Bible says, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's okay, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, we all know the scripture in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We've tried everything else we know to try to um, overcome, you know, what we deal with on a daily basis. But this is the one blueprint we have not tried. If you call for prayer, and you know this, go to any church and say prayer is going to be Thursday at 6 o'clock. How many people do you see? It's just not that important to us. Because it's not important until it happens to me or somebody close to me, and now I want to show up for prayer. But we have to get to a point to where we say, I care so much about my community that I need, I know that the one thing that will work is prayer, seeking God's face, turn from our wicked ways, 
um, humbling ourselves. Um, that's what it's going to take because we're still trying to fight a natural battle that's actually spiritual. And I don't care what area you talk about, whether it's poverty, whether it's um, those things that I mentioned that keep us separated, until we're willing and able to do this, um, only God can repair what's been done. And I think that a lot of us have been trying to do a lot of good work, uh, we've all been putting our, you know, feet to the plow and pushing it and doing all we can, but we forgot to invite God in. And so when we talk about restructuring the family, we have to get back to the mindset that their last name don't have to be Lewis for me to love them. They don't have to be a, a, a blood relative for me to be able to reach out a hand to help them, give them a hand up and not a hand out. But because we're so focused on me and mine that we care less about our neighbor, that's why our communities are falling apart. There was a time that if my mother didn't get home till 4 o'clock and somebody else had already cooked and seen I was hungry, baby, come on over here and eat. We're not doing that anymore. And that's really being detrimental to our communities because we've lost the sense of unity. And the best way to get that back is to begin to walk out and show the love of God to everybody that you see. Yes. And so in showing the love of God, I will tell you this. The, the, um, don't you think, and so I'm going to say what people say to me. Think okay. It's harder to do this, to love people when you have, I think about Florida, I think about what happened in Oakland recently, all the different shootings, killings in Las Vegas, how can we as believers walk in what God has called us to do, the mission, the great commission, and mm-hmm. and 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 love when it seems like there's so many unlovable people? Yes, and I'll be honest with you. The, the beauty of this whole love thing is this. Um, if it were easy, I, I think that um, – if it were easy, I'm not even – I don't know how to say it, but um, – and I, and I understand totally what you're saying. And I know some people are walking around in fear okay. of I'm not even yes. sure if I should send my kids to school. Right. And and I don't want to minimize that because that is a true and honest feeling. And, and I don't care who you are and how you feel, how you feel is real to you. But I will say this. There's not a day when my children were in school that their mother did not plead the blood over them before they left. That's right. That's right. She does it now, but she really did it then. And so what we have to do is we have to get our children in the word of God at an early age, begin to teach them what the Bible says, because it's a different kind of confidence that you walk in when you know that the Lord is with you. And we have to trust that when he says that he will protect, he will put the hedge around us. Some of us have began to question that hedge and say, I don't know because I see these other kids and I don't know, but we have to know. And that's why the Bible says, now we know that all things uh, work together for the good. And so this to me is just a sign to show us and to give us an opportunity to get it right. And see, what I always tell people is, 
I try to make an impression on somebody, not for me, but I just want to make the Lord famous. So when I do wow. good work for people and when I do things for people and they say, Mr. Lewis, I really appreciate that. Let me tell you something. Mr. Lewis ain't that kind and good because there are times that if it was me, I would have said no, but the Lord was pressing on me. You need to bless them because I blessed you. And so now they walk away with a whole different mindset of, mm, yes, know, I might need yes, to go to church yes. this Sunday. I might go to church this Sunday. That's how it starts. You know what? I might go to church because, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And like I said, there's ways that you can weave in scriptures without saying Matthew 5 says this. But you just tell them, listen, this is going to work for your good. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I believe that with everything in me that this is going to work for your good. And they leave with this feeling of, you know what? Yeah, I believe that. So, I'm so gonna, the way that I'm you gonna, walk and talk, you, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's good stuff. Just keep going. Keep going. So I don't want to say, um, I always say to myself, I never want to do or say anything that's going to keep somebody from coming to God. I don't want yes. to be the reason when, when I get there and the Lord says, you remember that man that I sent for you to talk to and you were too busy? He ain't going to make it because he never knew me, and that's because you didn't take the time. I never want that on my record. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if I like them. There's been people that I have disliked, and the Lord says, I want you to bless them. That's humbling in his heart. I know you just did me dirty, and you know that I know, but I'm still going to bless you. I'm because tell that's you right what the Lord now, wants got, to see. Yes, I got people right now talking about, that last phrase you just stated, I want to make the Lord famous. I will tell you this, people of God, the word of the Lord, um, if we lift him up, guess what he's going to do? If you make his name, Absolutely. his name is already great, but if you, make his, if you make his name even greater, you say his name by lifting him up and making him famous, what is he going to do? Draw. Draw yes. all men. I'm going to give an opportunity. All men. I'm going to give an opportunity. Um, you're not quite done, El Cole, and I can tell, and we need to hear more. But I want—I also want my, my um, guest, um, Minister Treon Cockrell Coleman, to come on the line, and we're talking still about the fate of the black family. Um, first of all, Mr. Treon, thank you. Oh, thank you for having me, Reverend Danzia. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want you... Um, just to kind of tell a little bit about yourself, we are, I already introduced Minister Coleman. I, I didn't say this to everyone, but he's the president and CEO of the Greater Stark County Urban League. And so, and I, did I get that right, um, Elder Coleman? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I know you're not all about the titles, neither one of you all. That's why I love y'all so very much. Um, but Minister Treon Cockrell Coleman is, is pastor over, I believe it's you. Isn't it at Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church, Tucson, Arizona? Pastor Amos Lewis, the pastor there. Amen. Yes, ma'am, Reverend Danzy. That's me. I'm blessed to be able to serve God's people uh, in that capacity. First and foremost, let me um, give honor to God for just the opportunity to be able to have the activation of my limbs and my mind and uh, my voice. Um, Elder Lewis, thank you for blessing us. Uh, you know, I'm gonna just be straightforward. There's times in your life in your life where you have a, a God moment. I, I try my 
best to have a God moment every day. But if someone would have told me yesterday that you're going to be on a phone call at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and you're going to have a person come speak into your life um, and it's going to just pretty much speak to your soul in such a way that you're going to leave empowered and leave um, better than you came, uh, I would have probably said, okay, I look forward to it. But now that it has happened to me, I'm going to be honest with you, my little paper that I had, I was going to talk about all this great stuff. It's been balled up, pushed to the side. So I'm not going to be long on the line because uh, I give honor where honor is due, and you have to understand it's a rainbow word, and when a word cuts um, to and fro, you need to be able to uh, have your mind and your heart able to receive. So I'm going to just talk briefly, um, but I, I think it's imperative in this season, especially just for myself, uh, that um, Elder Lewis get back on it because guess what? I'm over here writing my writing this down so I can go be a change agent because we're all um, required to be salt and light, but we're all supposed to go ye forth into the world and do the great commission, not the great omission. Uh, we're supposed to do the commission. So I want to be on the commission team. Uh, so uh, that's my that's my take on it right there. I, I want to be on the commission team, and to be on the commission team, you have to be able to um, be girded in the spirit, uh, put your put your, your 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 equipment on, and be ready. And one of the best pieces of equipment is just being able to just to listen, learn to listen, listen to learn. We forget that to learn to listen, listen to learn. And if you can do that simultaneously, man, uh, what an awesome thing that we can do for this kingdom, no matter where we are, from Tucson to New Orleans to Baton Rouge, all the way back to Chicago. If you truly on Team Jesus, uh, you will be able to understand when you get a word, that word is for you, and you need to be ready to take the word and run with it. So uh, that's all I really have to say. So uh, blessings. I love everybody. But just sometimes we get to a point, man, we just got to know when it's your time to listen. And this is my time to listen. Wow. Let me tell you something, y'all. I am going to be, okay, all right, um, Minister Trehan. That was powerful. The message that you just sent, the message that you just sent, and then the text message I received as you were saying it, listen to learn and learn to listen. And you just said that as someone totally different to me that very same thing at the same moment. And so I honor you, man of God, because you know the timing of God. And that comes from uh, just being able to know. See, when uh, you know when it gets real to you, see, you know, this is kingdom authority. So let's let's just keep it kingdom. When it's really, really real for you, and you ain't playing with this thing, and you don't have a season in your life where it wasn't all that important. And see, like I we was blessed. Let's just go ahead and put it out there on the airways. You know, we had a chance to speak for about five minutes on yesterday, Reverend Dancy, and when you take, when you presented this 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 title, The Fate of the, the Black Family, I had to tell you something that was so deep and true, and that I'm, I'm going to even go back two years ago just to put it all in perspective. You prayed over my wife and myself at a smaller room about the next transition that was going to go into our lives, and we didn't go into it in detail on yesterday, but it's just come it's amazing that he'll give you your memory and remember it. So you prayed for us years ago and as you know, uh, I'm blessed to be a father now, just four months into into fatherhood. But the the most the most awesome thing about it when I spoke to you on yesterday, the fate of the black family, see, the 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 fate of the black family means a little bit more different to me now because guess what? I am a father. 
I've always had a father, my kingdom father, and I had an earthly father, but now I serve as Carsley Reigns Coleman's father. So that that if you would have talked to me about this four or five months ago, I would have <laughs> took taken that 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 stance of what Elder Lewis said. Oh, uh, this ain't got nothing to do with me. It wasn't important until it happened to me. But see now that that's me now. I'm I'm not mm. under my father's home. A man, a man leaves his mother and father to go do his own thing. And to do his own thing is to be able to understand that I got a responsibility now. So, so this, so yeah. this is this came down my street, pulled up in my driveway, knocked on my front door. Hmm. <laughs> I'm floored right now. I praise God. I praise me, and I'm gonna pull on a couple of people that are online. Who are sending me messages, and I want them. I want to bring them on the line because they're saying certain things about this, and we're going to continue um, to talk about this. But I am going to bring on um, Elder um, Elder uh, <laughs> Elder Kate. I'm going to bring you on real quick because you just said something. And if many people don't know her, this is um, El- um, Elder Kate Cook. I hope I'm saying that right. Elder Kate Cook. I know she's a minister mm-hmm. or elder. I'm caught up into what these two young men are saying right now. But she's been listening in, and I'll tell you, she's chiming in. And if you don't know her, she's on every third Sunday with me with Cooking with Kate, and she has a word. Can you just expound on what has touched your life since listening to this, um, Minister Kate? You know, there's so many things, so many things. That, and, and let me just, you know, i got to praise God just for having um, – you know, you said there's a different kind of confidence when you know that the Lord is for you. You know what I mean? And so when you start to believe things that are coming against you that, that you know, just look a certain type of way, smell a certain type of way, feel a certain type of way, but there's a different type of confidence that we have when things come up against us. And I'm so grateful to hear this word. And just like you said, sir, that these five minutes, of being able to speak the word, it makes you throw your notes aside. And there's one thing to come with notes, and there's another thing just to flow because of what you know. And I'm grateful to hear your testimony. I'm grateful to hear that and just out of the words of a of a young man, you know, that, that a young man will rise up and say these things, that's a beautiful thing. I'm very, very grateful to be on the line and to hear those things. There's so many different revelations. Ms. Danzia, Reverend Danzia. I have texted you so many different things that I have heard out of this. But, you know, they, the, the Lord says that my children will know my voice once again. They will know my voice, and I have heard the voice of the Lord through this. So I'm very, very grateful, and it's been a pleasure to listen to you. Just give your testimony, and though you were done with it, and I, I appreciate that, too, because I can be, you know, and so I will be quiet in that because I can have a lot to say, too, sir. Amen. Minister K. Cook, thank you so much for coming on the line. We have someone else, and you know him, um, Elder Colvin, that's my brother, um, um, Elder Del G. Jones, all the way in Virginia, uh, Manassas, Virginia, actually Haymarket area. He said this just now, um, we have to measure ourselves to Christ and not to others. This is not always yes, easy, Lord. but that's how we have to love. So either one of y'all, can y'all expound on this? Because we have, on this broadcast, we have been talking about love for since August of last year because it's going to take love. So just expound on that. Yes, ma'am. I think that, um, you know, Elder Delgie is right on, right on point and on target because, 
too often when we have conversations about the word of God. I know a lot of people refer to, well, Paul said this. And while that may be divinely inspired, I'm always trying to find what did Jesus say because he's the true model. Uh, When we talk about role models, he is the absolute best role model there could ever be. So even when you talk about evangelism, if you go to John chapter 4, and this is just for everybody, write it down. That is the absolute best blueprint for how to evangelize. Because when he had folks around him who did not understand what he needed to do, because it says he needed to go through Samaria, which was a place where they were, you know, often told, don't go, don't be bothered. He sent those with doubt and and misunderstanding away from him, and he went by himself. And when he got there, he began to talk to a woman at a well. And despite all her shortcomings, despite all that she had done and all that she had witnessed, whatever, he talked to her about something that was important to her at that time, which was water. He didn't walk walk in with his chest out saying, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. Follow me. He never said that. He walked in and he had a basic conversation with her about water. Once she began to open up and to reveal, because, see, a lot of people don't understand this either, they were actually related. Even though they were told, don't be bothered with them, they were actually related because she said, our father Jacob, who was also Israel. So although they had been blended, which is why the Jews didn't want to be bothered with them, they were actually related. So she understood Jacob. (laughs) <laughs> and that's when he was able to say to her, see, it wasn't until she started talking about Jacob. And he said, well, okay, if you do understand and you do know that, let me take you just another step farther because who Jacob told y'all about is standing right here. And the moment she heard it, she dropped her pot. See, I don't want this water no more because he said he was going to give me living water. So I don't need this anymore. And then she ran to say, come see a man. So now years later, When one of his uh, disciples is now going through Samaria, it made it so much easier because she laid the groundwork about come see this man. But she would have never said that had he just came across as this boisterous, you need to listen to me. He never came across that way because he had a concern for her. And what concerned her concerned him. And too often for us, we don't have time to listen to them. If you go to the first three chapters of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was sent to be around angels, and he he said he fought against leaving because he enjoyed being around those angels, and the Lord took him from the angels and put him in a destitute place with the people of the city, and he had to sit there for seven days and not say a word, just listen to what the people were saying, and hearing their stories, he said, it overwhelmed me. Now, how often are we out here in the streets really listening to people? Because it's easy for us to say, well, he ain't got no job because he don't want to work. She's selling her food stamps so she can go get some weed. We prejudge and we put upon people, and we have to be careful with that because sometimes we tell it on ourselves. See, when I say what what, uh, Minister Trahan is doing without knowing him, really all I'm doing is telling on myself because I'm saying that if it was me, that's what I would be doing. 
So sometimes, Ooh. as he said, we just have to sit and listen to the people. And you should have enough spirit within you to say, no, they on some foolishness. Let me get away from here. But sometimes right. you just might find that one person that says, I really just need, and that's when you the doors open, and now you can introduce them to Christ. But, see, we don't sit long enough, and we don't listen long enough because we haven't learned to love the right way. But because I feel like I have to know you to love you, then I don't even get close. And I'm sorry, I'll, I'll defer to Minister Trehan. I was going to say, Minister Trehan, you really need to chime on this because you have demonstrated. I've watched you even before I met you. And, and after I met you and watched you some more and observed, you love God's people. You don't talk about it too much, but you show it. And, and I, um, um, I think it was Pastor T said on a prayer call, I can show you there, I can tell you. So tell us a little bit of, and I'm sorry, you know, I know you're trying to be quiet, but you demonstrate love in, 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 in the community. I watched you send out stuff about the community with the, the children at the church um, in, in your uh, own home. I've watched you also and heard some stuff about you at work. So talk about that a little bit of in the family, what that looks like. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's 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 loaded, but um you're you're calling to calling out for me to be um total transparent transparency in this. So I believe love comes from a from a, a, a place to where um, you have to be able to know where you stood before you are today, you know. And I have to go back to the little kid from Nashville, uh, Tennessee, who uh, was introduced to Christ. Uh, but in that introduction, uh, you know, I was angry with my, my mom and dad not being together. Uh, that that bothers me, and a lot of times, um, as we're talking about the, the fate of the black family, I want to tie this back in that the family uh, might still have morals and values, but in the words of that rapper artist Jay Z, nobody wins when the family feuds, uh, and when the family is feuding, that resonates with not only that that, that generation then. Somehow that passes and goes generation by generation by generation, and and I'm a I'm a testament that until that that feud is conquered, and that can only be conquered in Christ Himself, um, that is the gate. That's one of the gates that the enemy uses, the, that ear gate and that eye gate, to make you really um, lose faith in the family and put your faith in friends. And what I like to tell everyone about the friend, uh, if you're going to be a friend. Be a friend to the end. You can't spell friend without the last three letters, E-N, E-N-D. But you get to pick your friends, but you don't get to pick your family. You don't get that opportunity to pick your family, not your blood My family, goodness. not the body of Christ. You don't, get the, you don't get that opportunity. So when I hear that question, um, I'm able to demonstrate that love because that love was demonstrated uh, to me not only just through my bloodline family, but even in my own anger and my own frustrations that Christ loved himself never partook, never dis- 
never took away, never hid from me. I still have the privilege and the opportunity to call his name. I have access to a name that gives me everything that I need. So if I have that same access, it goes back to what Elder Lewis is saying. I have to make sure that his name is not only great, his name is the only name that I keep on the fruit of my lips and the tongue of my lips and off of my, off of my, my, my tongue because it's in that when he continues to feel that, hey, you know what, this, this young soul, this vessel really believes in me. He truly believes in me, and you can't spell the word believe without the word lie in the middle. So that means that I had an opportunity to step through the lies of Christ, uh, the lives of people around me to truly believe in him because you can't spell believe without L-I-E, the word lie in the middle. So now I know he's what he is, his bread and his water, and when I'm thirsty, when I'm upset, so I went through that. So when it's time to show the physical, tangible manifestation, manifested love of Christ today, 2018, leaving out of February into March, I can truly say that little kid back in Nashville, when he didn't have himself together, and even though he still go through his own setbacks and his 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 retractions that that love has always been with me because truly I know today that I have not always done what Christ himself has asked me to do. So when it's given the opportunity to go share that love today, don't trip, don't forget that that love was still presented to you in a way and a fashion regardless of what you did. So don't do that Mm -hmm. when you have an opportunity to show the love. Amen. You know what? Amen to that, for real. That is transparent and yet so real and so simple. Let me tell you, people of God, and those of you who are listening out there right now, I, I know, <laughs> I know we're we're. It may seem like we're all over the place, but this is our fate. Our fate has to do with our faith. Our fate has to do with our faith and what we believe. That's what will be. My goodness. What we believe, that's what will be. So it's so important. There was something that was um, said by Maya Angelou. She says, we are only as blind as we want to be. If you remain blind to the fact that it is not only high time, it is the, um, what is the, the time to make sure that we see people come to Christ, not just in the black family, but listen, people of God, because we know where we come from, and it was by faith that we got this far, Leaning on the Lord. Y'all know the song, Trusting in His Holy Word. He never failed us yet. And then they got so, it got so good to them, they said, oh, can't turn around. <laughs> We've come this far by faith. So if we're going to do what God has already commissioned, not omissioned, as, as Minister Coleman said already, as, as we've been commissioned to do, we're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight, and not by sight. Now, Maya Angelou said something in the natural state, but when you think about it, if you do this by faith, I'm talking about blind faith, we walk by blind faith, God will carry us to where we need to be. And if we trust him, make his name great, he'll, I'm telling you, he'll make the impossible happen in your life. What seems impossible to us is possible to God. All he's waiting for us to do is to say, I, I, you know, I trust you, Lord. I'm, I'm done. I can't do it from here. And that's when he picks up and you say, Lord, whatever your will is, that's what will be done. And he will do it. I'm talking 
simple because I want really want us to walk this out and give them some more time for the guests. Here's another thing I want to make sure that um, we understand. Billy Graham said one thing, and I'm telling you, I love the things that Billy Graham said. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Hear this. God's job to judge and our job to love. Can it get any better than that, um, mm-hmm. Elder Cole and the Minister Trion? No, and I think we have to keep in mind that love is a choice. So I understand what that it's hard, say? but sometimes we say, well, you can't control who you love. Well, that's true until they do something you don't like. So love is a choice. And we have to every day make a conscious effort in the decision that when I walk out of here today, heading to my job, heading to my ministry, heading to uh, the nursing home to see the sick and the shut-in, I'm going to leave this house with love because that's what's going to open the door to someone to say, you know, every time I see you, you got a pleasant smile and your spirit, and, uh, and I'm sure it's happened to others that may be listening uh, when somebody walks up to you and say, you believe in God, don't you? And you're just walking around, ain't saying nothing to nobody. But it's just something about you. And to me, I correlate that back to that light that you're walking around with. They can see the light within you. And so love is a choice, and all you have to do is choose to do it. It ain't easy because we're dealing with people. We all know people, but if I choose to love you, if I choose to guard my spirit and say nothing that you say or do today is going to vex my spirit so that I'm going to stop loving. Because oftentimes we retaliate on the ones not who wronged us, but to that next person who comes up to us. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. We got to, we got to learn to walk in love. Um, and that extends beyond the Lewis's or this family or that family, or I like them, but I really don't like them. No, you have to love even the unlovable, and that's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it definitely is a choice, and we can choose love. Because didn't Jesus choose it for us? He sure did. God chose, God chose it for us. He said I, he so loved the world. <laughs> he just, just loved. He so loved it that he, what, gave. And if we're not giving, yeah. we we have to question whether are we really loving. If we That's never give, we have to question, do I really love? And it's not, and truth. love cannot be predicated on how people treat you. Jesus was the ultimate example. They treated him so bad from the beginning, really, that before he even came in the world, he was treated bad. What, what, what yes. is that that would cause a, a nation to rise up before you're even born, a government to rise up against you before you even come into the world. You've got to be some godly grace. And that's why we have to question, listen, people of God, I feel, I feel Jesus. That's why when you well, think about this, if an enemy, the devil, wants to come up against you, you need to start asking God, what is it so great about me? I must be somebody in you if he's coming against me this way. If if I got to come up in a home where it's battered and torn up and I've had to shift, shift from house to house in foster care, baby, you have been chosen by God. I want to encourage you all today. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son for you. 
that you will have eternal life. And, it, we, and, and in order to do that, goes back to what you were saying, Elder Colin, it is so critical for us, and listen, I spent some time today, and if I hadn't listened to the woman, found out she was 85 years old, didn't even know that. But I had to get back to work today, but I said, Lord, whatever, you know, I'll just sit here and listen to what she has to say. And she said, I needed someone to, to talk to me today or listen to me is what she said because I was missing my husband who passed 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. then by the time, you know, our conversation ended, her grand, our great-grandson came, and the reason that held her up, her being picked up from where we were, and she was talking to me, just killing time, talking to me, and I'm listening, her great-grandson received Jesus Christ on today. And he thanked mm-hmm. me for staying, staying with his great-grandmother while he accepted Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we've got to be mm. able to pause our busy schedules so that we can do the work of the Lord. And, and I'm going to tell you, Minister Treon, I watched you and started learning that, and you think you learn it from me? No, 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 babe. You learn, I'm learning from you watching. And so what we demonstrate, what we demonstrate, what we show, how we love, how we walk, what our walk looks like, not just our talk, but what our walk looks like, and I'm just now really, really learning this, is the ultimate example. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm so thrilled on tonight. I need y'all. I need y'all back talk about this some more sometime soon because of what the world needs. We are to judge ourselves within the church. We don't need to judge the world because that's what God's going to do, number one. What we need to do is to hold ourselves accountable. So those who don't understand what um, Elder Cullen's saying, he's holding us accountable, equipping us, getting us ready. And so what, what Jesus is coming back is for a church without a spot or a wrinkle but in order to get the get the um, spot out, you got to shout it out. And so he has to get the stuff out. He needs to get the stuff out of us to purify us so that we can be the church without a spot or wrinkle. And sometimes that means correction. Mm, <laughs> and so that's what's happening today. But for the people in the world, we have to love them. We can first start loving one another, but love the world. The world's doing what they what they supposed to do, do wrong. Yeah. You, you can't yeah. judge them. They're doing what they're supposed to do. What we need to do is show love within our within our own um, Christian family, I'm going to say it that way, believers of the Most High God, and then we can show love to others. Because how can we say we love God? And I'm getting ready to close. I'm sorry, y'all. How can we say we love God and hate our brothers? How can that happen? Right. Lord Jesus. All right, let me get some last words unless y'all have something else. Um, so let's start with you, um, um, Elder Colin, and then Minister Treon will get some last words. And then, Minister Treon, I want you to close us out in prayer. And we're praying for this night, we're praying for specifically the black family and for those who are operating in ministry to show love. So those two things, the black family and those operating in ministry. So Elder Colin, we'll start with you, and then what words, and then Minister Trehan, close us out in prayer, and then I'll wrap up. I just want to encourage uh, any pastor, any minister, deacon, elder, whatever the title may be, as well as those who sit in the pews, but especially to those in leadership, we must begin to teach 
on how to evangelize because I, I hear people in my spirit saying, I would, but I don't know how to. I would, but I don't know what to say. And so I hear you. And so that's on us to begin to teach how to evangelize. And it's not just walking up with, I mean, everybody's going to have their own style. I understand that. But what we have to do is equip them with the word of God so that when we get to the door, we get to that place of work and they start asking questions, we have to have the answers. We can't say, well, let me take you to my pastor. That's not going to work. So I just wanted to impart that, but I want to go back to the salt and the light. And to me, you have to understand this. You are the salt, and the salt has to have some type of contact to do anything. Keeping salt in your cupboard ain't going to make your food taste no better. And so you have to have some type of contact to do something. And then you are the light, and the light has to shine in darkness to have any value. You're supposed to be the light on your job. Many of us are waiting to get to a job where everything is good and cozy, and you say, well, I got all these people at my job, that, and they, you know they don't believe in the Lord. That is a wonderful place for you to be because now you get the opportunity to bring some light into a dark place. We are so conscious of the people. We want them and everybody else to be the light, and we just fit in, and that's not what you called to be. Everybody that's listening, you are the salt and you are the light. Begin to make contact so that that salt can get in to preserve, to tenderize, mainly their hearts so that they can begin to receive the word. Often we don't realize that we are the planters of seed. We are the waterers, but it's God that's making the increase. He's not asking you to catch the fish, clean it, and fry it. He just wants you to go out there and catch them. He'll do the rest. Just catch them. And so I just want to encourage everybody, and I thank everybody for listening. And Reverend Dancy, I thank you for having me. Uh, Minister Trehan, I thank you for your words. Your testimony was powerful. I'll be praying for you and your newborn child because fatherhood is something that is an honor that God does not bestow on everybody. And so mm-hmm. I thank you for that. And it's not going to be easy, but I'll be praying for you. And then just continue to, just like you love your child, if we can learn to love others the way we love our families we will be okay. And I thank you and amen. Thank you, Elder Lewis. And uh, my final words will be this, uh, people of God, uh, never take for granted the day, the time, or the hour when your blessing has been sent to you and for you to be able to receive. And so many times we we have our blessings that we're asking God for but they're not packaged the way that we want them to be packaged or what we thought they would be. I am a testament today that I received a blessing today by this conversation. I was asked by the one and only Reverend Reverend Dancia Morris to serve in this capacity, and in the obedience of serving, I received a blessing to be able to keep on for another day, to keep hope alive, to look to the hill which come in my help, which my help comes from the Praise Lord. God. So I just I I pass that that to you um, because I think that's where that's how blessings grow. When you you receive a blessing, you give a blessing, and my blessing was received. So guess what? I just took uh, one step up, and then when I take one step up, that means you're taking one step up. Because guess what? We're all trying to get to the teller, and the teller ain't got nothing to do with money. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. So you leave that in your spirit um, because we all going to want to, we're going to get our payday and our payday going to be that crown of glory. Amen. That's so that's what my last message and words for the day is. 
So we're going to pray out. Amen? Amen. 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 So, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to come together as a family of faith, fellowship, and more than anything, just coming in your name. We understand that we can do all things in Christ that strengthens us, but, again, we have to be in Christ. We believe in that, Lord, and we just thank you for the fate of the black family. We know that the black family is your family. You're the father of all nations, and anything that comes under you, we have to submit and have to look up to the hills which come in their help. So we thank you for the opportunity to be able to come together as one body to talk about what related to um, those who were able to impart to, but more than anything, that we're giving it back to you because you are the seeker and the provider of all families. Now, as we leave your place and never from your presence, continue to keep holding God us. Let those know who operate in your ministry, Lord, that it's your ministry. It's not our ministry. We're just passing through. We're just sojourners. Everything still goes back to you. Um, we're asking that you continue to touch family, friends, loved ones, um, that family who has not believed in you yet. We're believing in your name that they will come to you, even with that family who uh, said, what must I do to be saved? And they have given their life to Christ, but again, they want to live out their faith, that you will dispatch angels, your people, your sojourners, your, your ministers, your agents that do work in this community to go forth and touch them in a mighty way. Continue to keep your hedge of protection around all of us because that hedge of protection is with us no matter where we go. And thank you for the word that you left with your ministers today and that the word that will go forth today, that it's a different type of confidence when the Lord is with you. So we thank you, Lord, for that confidence because we're confident and our confidant, and you are the ultimate confidant, and you're not a con artist, and you're consistent in everything you do. And we give all the honor Ooh, to your son, Jesus Christ's name, and everything that we do, we say amen, and it is done, and it's finished. Amen. 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 Thank you all for, thank you to my two guests, um, Elder Colin and Minister Trehan. You, you two are a blessing in my life. And please, please never forget that. You're a blessing in my life. Thank you all for joining Kingdom Authority on tonight. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. So excited that you could join us tonight. I look forward to being on with you next Sunday, 6 o'clock p.m. You don't want to miss it. Please remember to go to my Facebook, Dancia Jones-Morris, my page, and look to see who our next guest is. You don't really want to miss next Sunday as well. And so look for the post here. Look for the post here. We're going to be talking about this particular program with these two young men for a while because this was such a powerful, powerful anointed broadcast, and you do not want to miss exactly what was talked about tonight from these young men. I'm telling you, share this when I post it to my Facebook page. Share it with others. And we want I want you to watch out for what, uh, hallelujah, watch out for what God's going to do in their lives. Remember this, Elder Colin Lewis, Elder Colin Lewis, C-O-L-I-N-L-O-U-I-S, not L-E-W-I-S, L-O-U-I-S, and Minister Treon, T-R-E-H-O-N, Cockrell, C-O-C-K-R-E-L-L, hyphen, Coleman. I got that right, Minister Treon? Amen, yes, ma'am. Okay, watch what God is doing in their lives. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm speaking it, there is an advancement and it's exponential that's getting ready to happen in your lives. And don't take it for granted. It is nothing but God. No man will do it, but God has done it. Hey, glory to God. No man will do it, but God has already done it done it. And so thank you again for joining Kingdom Authority. Join us next Sunday, 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you and have a great night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.